Sunday no huddles we've ever had to do as Illinois coming off of its big victory against Nebraska 26 to 9 in Lincoln. He's Robert Rosenthal from IlliniBoard.com. Joining me on the Sunday No Huddle. Robert, I say that it's easy because it seems like we have done this episode so many times before. Great defense, offense not making many mistakes, and most importantly, Illinois coming out with the double. Yeah, and it's the same blueprint that they've applied, and it's almost the same score as the Minnesota game. That was 26-14. This was 26-9. You get the lead. You establish that, You know, especially in this game, once they had the three-score lead, once it was up to 17, then you know Nebraska, you know, Nebraska's going to have to score three times, and they're not going to do that against this defense. So then it's all about the clock. This was a game where in the second half they were bleeding clock. It felt like third quarter and fourth quarter. That the, the entire thing is like, we've won this game now. Let's just get it over with. They're not going to take any risks on offense. You know, if it's third and four, yes, they might try a short pass to keep a drive going. But there's no risk involved with anything they're doing. It's just, it's about this clock now. Chase Brown can get four yards every carry if he needs to. So let's just keep doing that over and over, run this clock down. Defense isn't going to let Nebraska do anything, and then the game's over. And you know, it's the same thing we saw against Minnesota once they had the two-score lead. It's the same thing we, we saw at Wisconsin in the, in the fourth quarter once they had the big lead. It's the same just like, okay, the game is over now somewhere in the third quarter. Now the, the last 15, 20, 25 minutes of the game, all it's about is – let the clock run out and let's get to the next game. Now, Casey Thompson getting injured certainly had an impact on this one in the end. The Nebraska backups didn't really have a shot against this Illini defense, but it's not about who you play. You know, it is all about the end result, and they got that end result. Quan Martin with an interception, Sidney Brown with two interceptions in this one. That's back-to-back -back games for each of them with a pick. There's just no more that we can say about this defense, I feel like, Robert. Best in the country in so many different categories. And you give them new competition, and they keep delivering. Including interceptions, which yeah. is has been my pet topic since 2012. I wrote an article in 2012, so it's 10 years ago, where at the time, Illinois, if we looked at a 10-year period, so that was 2003 to 2012, Illinois was dead last out of 124 uh, FBS teams at the time, and Illinois was 124th in that 10-year period in interceptions. It's just something that's never happened in Champaign. So I have tracked that 10-year window. I've written 11 articles about this. Each year, where does Illinois stand? And Illinois has never been out of the bottom 15 nationally. It's just something that doesn't happen in Champaign. For Illinois to have 15 interceptions now through eight games, to be leading the nation interceptions, it just doesn't happen in Champaign. Like, it, you know, nine is a great season for, for Illinois to have interceptions. Fifteen in eight games is ridiculous. So, yeah, it's just another thing to add to this defense of, yes, they're getting to the quarterback. Yes, they have a freshman All-American in Gabe Ackes. Yes, they have, you know, maybe a first-round draft pick in Devin Witherspoon. And now, yes, they lead the country in interceptions, and that's probably not something that's going away soon. These are not, you know, these are – People getting to the quarterback, forcing bad throws, and when you do that and you have a secondary like this, you're going to get the pick. Now you need to score points to win games, and Illinois, like you mentioned, has this blueprint where they do enough of that, and it was sloppy at points against Nebraska. Uh, you brought up before we got on the point where Tommy DeVito stepped out of bounds where he, he mm -hmm. didn't need to, but they're doing solid enough to get these wins, and it's better than I would say it was last year. Um, if, if we compare 21 versus 22, mm -hmm. the offense has certainly taken a step in the right direction, but still room to grow as well. Yeah, I think the first quarter in this game was, look, these are the things that happen in football games, especially on the road. 
one defensive back goes for a pick, the other doesn't, you know, assure himself of getting the tackle or getting the tight end out of bounds, and he breaks out of it and runs for a touchdown, you know, long touchdown play, just a blown play. The, you know, makes a field goal, but the, the coaching staff thought the play clock was going to run out. They call a timeout that kind of ices their own kicker. You go back out there, a false start, and suddenly you have to punt instead of you. Those are the things that happen to every team. You know, it happened to Georgia when they went to Missouri. It happens to Alabama when they go on the road. You know, there's just things like that, and then the good teams overcome them. And that's what this game was, is overcoming those type of things. The offense really didn't make any more mistakes. You know, Tommy DeVito – you know, what are you, 20 of 22 or whatever it was, no picks, you know, just safe throws. It's that blueprint that everybody was talking about Brett Bielma bringing to Champaign. It was the thing that frustrated people about his Wisconsin teams. I mean, if you saw the game day preview on ESPN of what this game was going to be, Kirk Herbstreet says, you know, all that's missing is Scott Tolzien. This is, this is the Wisconsin program, great defense and run game and a quarterback who doesn't make mistakes. And I think Tommy DeVito has made the case that he, he's probably better than Scott Tolzien. You know, he, he can make the throws, he doesn't make mistakes, and that makes this whole blueprint work. Speaking of the run game, Chase Brown still number one in the country in rushing yards now through nine weeks, eight games. He's over 1,200 yards on pace if Illinois plays in 14 games, I believe, for over 2,000 yards, which would be... Uh, 500 more than the program record at this point. It, we just can't speak enough about how much Chase Brown ha has impacted this program and what his impact nationally could be still in this final month of the season. Yeah, I mean, we're entering November now. Yeah, I can't believe I'm going to say these words. We're entering November with Illinois, one of the 10, 11, 12 teams still in the playoff hunt. Yeah. Which is insane. I mean, I'm thinking off the top of my head here. That probably hasn't been true since 1990. 1990, there's this famous game, the first Saturday in November. Illinois had climbed up to number five in the polls, had already beaten eventual national champion Colorado. Iowa, number 11, was coming into town. And Illinois was like, beat Iowa this week, beat, uh, I think it was Michigan the next week win the Big Ten, and you're probably sitting in this place where you're one, two, or three in the polls. So you had two home games or two games right in front of you where you could make that happen. It fell apart. For that to be the case again, for this team to be, you know, the, the college playoff rankings will come out on Tuesday night, and it only could be 12, 11 in the eyes of the committee, possibly. Their first appearance ever since the First uh, appearance the ever in this poll. Mm -hmm. And so with that, I mean, you have to say – Look, I, it's probably not going to end up in the playoff, right? I mean, you have this great story, and it could get great, even greater like that. They're probably not going to. But just the fact that you're entering November, again, I can't believe I'm saying these words, <laughs> in the national playoff picture, just that fact, just that line alone, the fact that you have cleared that bar is incredible. Yeah, I mean, we always say it, at least I've always said it, my expectation was bowl game was a really good year, mm -hmm. and now they've gone and exceeded that. They've locked up their first winning season since 2011 with their seventh win of the year and still could go so much higher than this. So, Robert, I want to ask you, right now we're two-thirds of the way through the regular season with a 13th game guaranteed, possibly 14th game. Like you said, if all things go right, a 15th mm -hmm. game too, maybe. But 
I want to get what your expectations are now. Is there a low bar? Is 9-3 and three the low bar at this point in the year for what they can do in the regular season? I mean, with a Michigan State team that's really struggling, and Illinois, as of now, is favored by more than two touchdowns this coming weekend, and with a Northwestern team that looks like they're probably going 1-11, and 11, you have to think that 9-3 that and three is really – is really the floor. I mean, that's it's crazy to say those words. It's crazy even to think those words, to 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 you know put this into context in my brain because, you know, those are just that's daydream territory, right? Like <laughs> those are the things I think about while mowing the lawn, yeah. right? For that to now, you know, mix with reality, I don't know what's going on up here right now, but uh, you know, it really is the case that nine and three is probably the expectation at this point. Ten and two is on the table. Here's where I put it. Win the next two, got to beat Purdue. Win the next two, and you lock up the Big Ten West with with two more games to play. You could lose at Michigan. You could lose again after Michigan to Northwestern and still go to the Big Ten championship game. But if you get to that point, then you sit in this chair where Illinois would – again, blowing my mind, yeah. Andy. Illinois would be three games from assuring themselves a playoff spot. Those three games would be Michigan, and then possibly Michigan again, or Ohio State, mm -hmm. and Northwestern. So is that going to happen? No. But you would be, this other bar that would be cleared would be, here we are, three games from locking up. You control your destiny. Win three games, go to the playoff. That's insane, right? Yeah. That's insane. So the floor is probably, okay, let's say the floor is eight and four. Uh, the ceiling is the playoff. Mm -hmm. That's insane. And the fact that it is not unrealistic, maybe you can say it's unrealistic mm -hmm. for, for that, but the, the chances of that happening are not zero at this point, which mm -hmm. is higher than I think that they have ever been mm -hmm. for Illinois. You mentioned winning the next two and then locking up that spot in Indianapolis, the Big Ten championship game. That has never been a possibility, really, mm -hmm. for Illinois since the Big Ten championship game has become a thing mm -hmm. when Nebraska joined the conference. How much does that mean for the program with divisions going out the window in a mm -hmm. few years in one of the last opportunities i mean northwestern has, has made it wisconsin i was made it from the west that's it mm -hmm. purdue minnesota nebraska have never won the west nebraska made it when it was still the leaders and the legends but mm -hmm. never the west that just seems inconceivable for what this year should have been at least what our expectations were coming in i'll say it like this i you know i'm there and i'm attending press conferences and i have heard brett bielma say for the last year and a half, two years, um, you know, we're here to win championships. You know, we're here to win the Big Ten West. We're here to win the Big Ten. We're here to go to the Rose Bowl. Inside, there's that part of me that's like, yeah, and there's a part of me of like, okay, sure. But Minnesota's had all these great seasons. They never even won the Big Ten West. You know, all these teams have never even sniffed the Big Ten West, let alone the Rose Bowl. Do you understand what you're – you understand the bar you're setting here, you know? Now it's there. It's right there in front of them, and it's possible. And they could, I mean, people are putting a lot into this Purdue game. They could lose the Purdue game and still win the Big Ten West. Mm -hmm. You know, Purdue has to beat Iowa this, this coming weekend. They would, they could, you know, they play that rivalry game with Illinois or Indiana. What, hap what happens there in that game? Who knows what, what would happen on the rest of Purdue's schedule? Um, but for Illinois, it's just right in front of them. Beat Michigan State, beat Purdue, lock it up, and start to dream. Yeah, and, you know, so much can happen, uh, you know, at the end of the year. Michigan fans, I've even seen on social media, are getting nervous about that game. You, you know, they, who would have thunk at the beginning of the year mm -hmm. that the game before the Ohio State game mm -hmm. is one that they have to worry about as well. As far as 
when you contextualize this season, Robert, there's been a lot of first of senses this year. I mean, most recently with the poll, them coming in at number 14, it's been the first time that they've been ranked this high since the 2008 Rose Bowl. Mm -hmm. How do you contextually think of this season in the history of, of all the seasons of Illinois football that you've seen? It's a tough question, I know. I mean, I, I'm hesitating to say this. As of right now, it has the potential to be the best of my lifetime. It, it, it's, it, there's no joke. You have the leading rusher in the nation, you have the top defense in the nation, and you have a quarterback who doesn't make mistakes. With those three things, anything's possible. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's where I have adjusted my brain to be. If it doesn't happen, if they finish, you know, if they lose the Purdue game or they, you know, and they only go eight and four or nine and three, it's still a fantastically successful season. But if we're talking potential and we're trying to put context around this and we're comparing it to 83, comparing it to 01, we're comparing it to 07, we're comparing it to 89, this season so far is in that group with those and has the potential to be the top. It just does. And so... That's where we're at. You know, it, it may not get there. It may not end up there. But I have had to open my brain to the possibility that this is the best Illinois team I've ever watched. I think it's taken all of us a little bit of adjusting to do that. Because like you said, it may not. Things in sports are weird. They don't always go the way that you expect them, which is why Illinois is 7-1 and one at this point. I mean, when, when, when Illinois was number five in 1990 and I had my acceptance, I was going to be coming here in the fall of 91 and it was like, okay, this is what I'm going to be getting. Nobody was thinking you're going to get blown out by Iowa. You're going to lose to Michigan. You're going to end up eight and four that season. It's just not going to go, you know, it's, you're sitting there talking about national championship on November 1st, and you end up 8-4 and four and losing a bowl game and this and that. That's still out there for this season. You know, it's possible that, you know, 1990 got right to here, but then just didn't have a good November. It's possible that could happen. But it's also possible if this is one of the better Novembers ever, this could be the best team ever. Wow. It's just it's so much to talk about with Illinois football recently. They got Michigan State, then they got Purdue. Probably two of the biggest home games that they've had in a very long time with the chance to lock up the division. As always, we will have you covered on the Sunday No Huddle. Uh, you can check them out at IlliniBoard.com. Robert Rosenthal. Robert, I look forward to talking to you hopefully after another win next week against Michigan State. I'm probably not going to sleep now because I'm just going to think about all the things I just said. Sorry to get you. you riled up. You got it. You got it. Thanks, Andy.